0: Welcome to another edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I am Coach Alan DeRitter. I am the head soccer coach for the boys at Double South High School, and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America, and also at Plantation Athletic Club. We always start our uh, episode off with a prayer, so in the name of the Father, Son Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, thank you for letting us have this show. Thank you for letting us have Crescent City Sports to, in order to bring the show to everybody in the state, in the Gulf Coast, and... Pray that, uh, this show can, will continue to help grow soccer, the sport we love, uh, around this region and continue to grow it in a way that is pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. The audio quality of this show is going to be pretty poor because we tried to do the show on site at the Louisiana Annual General Meeting that took place Sunday morning, um, uh, yesterday morning, uh, uh, at the Marriott. And I interviewed uh, a few people and got a chance to really see where the state is at in the game of soccer uh, in the year 2018. Anyway, um, I interviewed Orlando Cervantes. I hope I got his last name right. Uh, He is the new director of coaching. He's been in the or at the office for a year now. And I. I was really pleased uh, to, to finally meet him and to see that he's really got a, a good grasp of the reality of the problem of U.S. soccer. Um, um, I asked him at length about the poor. I asked him at length about the availability of, 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 of qualified training, and he hit the nail on the head right away. And he gave a speech to everybody about uh, the lack of cooperation that some clubs have with, with really not promoting their kids to go play ODP, which is really, uh, the, our feeder system to the national team. So, uh, uh, looking in his eyes, I really got a good grasp of the fact that, uh, he knows what's going on in the U.S. game, uh, and he is determined to change Louisiana one car ride at a time. Um, he is willing to come to any of y'all. Okay. Anybody who's willing to host a a licensing clinic or, or just get to the modern game. uh, He takes his job very seriously. uh, uh, And he's coming off the heels of two really good coaching directors, director um, for Louisiana uh, with Mark Godwin previously and uh, Luis Sabion before that. And, uh, I think this direction of Louisiana soccer is, is positive, uh, with the presidentship of Sean Esker at the top. Uh, I tell you what, he did such a good job this weekend. Uh, this, this AGM could have gone on for hours and, uh, and he's able to cut through all the clutter and, and get us through all the procedural issues that, uh, I have no idea how to run, a, uh, the, the, a meeting. Most of us don't, you know, with seconding and motioning and knowing Robert's rules of order. Uh, he's got it all down pat. And uh, I just want to publicly thank him um, for his leadership. And also at the AGM, one thing that, uh, that uh, was sad was that we had to say goodbye to Bill Rushing. Bill has been in charge of referees for i think over 20 years now uh and he's gonna step down to let fresh blood take over uh but we will dearly miss him uh he he took his job seriously and without him uh i don't even want to think about what the state Of affairs with referees in Louisiana would be like. So Bill, uh, Godspeed to you and your family with your new um, stage of life, but just know that you're going to be well missed here, okay, in Louisiana. Anyway, um, later on in the show, uh, I did talk to um, Julio Paez. He is one of the directors of coaching at at the Louisiana fire juniors club. And uh, they're trying to resurrect uh, a pretty interesting program that we have before Katrina. And uh, I wanted to give him some air time to explain exactly what that is. Uh, and also I talked to D Flynn, who used to be a part of Louisiana fire, but now he's on the board with Louisiana soccer association and, um, And the meeting had a really interesting flavor to it. I'll I'll just say that. And uh, he was able to really express um, politically correct uh, the the flavor of the meeting. I'll I'll put it that way, okay? So that's upcoming. But right now, uh, I really wanna talk uh, or let you listen to what Orlando had to say uh, about the state of ODP in Louisiana. Here's his interview. All right, we're here with uh, Coach Orlando, who's our technical director, and uh, and he runs our Olympic development program. We had Ryan Lazaro on the show a couple weeks ago, talking about the, um, um, the our, our Olympic development program and the successes we've been having. But um, uh, at the annual general meeting today, we kind of had a little plea from the state as to how the clubs can help the Olympic development progress, and so I wanted him to have an opportunity to talk about it on the air. So welcome. What uh, can you tell the clubs, uh, or what do you need from the clubs to get our Louisiana players developed and our Louisiana teams moving forward? Well,
1: first off, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. It's uh, great to be a part of this. Uh, we, I go throughout the state looking for kids to play as we call the limited development program. So it's a higher level of soccer uh, than club. We try to take the best players from all the clubs, but also try to find players in, in spots that maybe haven't been seen or don't play for top clubs. Uh, a lot of this could be Hispanic kids. Um, I'm fluent in Spanish, so oh, I'm easy accessible to go into those areas and find those kids. But for us, it's trying to find the best players available, and not only to make the team, but to try out and get identified. From there, we can keep them on our radar and help them develop as as they grow.
0: Okay, what's, what, what's I used to coach Olympic Development with uh, Coach Savion, oh, yeah. and uh, um, oh, is- uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think is the hindrance for the better players showing up to ODP today in 2018?
1: I think right now the cost. I mean, there's, a, there's a cost to the program because they're they're traveling, they're training. We're paying the coaches to to travel. We're paying the coaches to train them. Uh, but there's also a lot of financial aid available. We've received uh, you know funds from uh, fundraising. We've received from donations. So we're always looking at. Ways of keeping the cost down for players, traveling could be an issue. It, a lot of with clubs. That's, that's also been. So what we're doing now, as well as I'm going around the state to identify as players, rather than them having to come to one, one trial only. Our pools are open, so they're open throughout the year. So even if we pick 30 kids at one time, if we find a kid, we at all everybody knows that we can bring any player in at any time to to be part of the program. So we're making it a lot more user friendly. We're making it a lot more opportunities for these kids, but it also has to be. Uh, well known that, that the program's there.
0: All uh, right, we have a lot of coaches statewide who listen to this broadcast. Some of them are just high school coaches, not just. But uh, if they have a kid who they think is exceptional, what should they do?
1: Oh, they can email me. My email's on the website at play dot org. I'll go watch them. And I am mean, I'm, I'm big on I'm looking at kids anywhere high school, uh, middle school, club, wherever it may be. Even, even though the parks on Sundays, we we go and try to find these kids and give them the opportunity. And what people don't realize is is for us in Louisiana, there's no ECNL, there's no developmental academy. So those players are, are seen by U.S. soccer. We had one player from New Orleans on one of the, the rec clubs there be identified by U.S. soccer in our National Training Center. So their opportunities are, are abundant, and they're recruited in college. When they go to regional camp, those are full of college coaches. So they're, they're constantly seen and evaluated. And even if they're 12 years old, they become on the radar, these college coaches, an opportunity to play in school and get your school paid for a lot of times.
0: Okay, now on the show, it's no secret, we've talked about the um, the Latino population here in Louisiana and how they're underserved. Uh, you're, you've been here now for one year. Yeah. Okay, what's your spin on it?
1: It's just like you said, they're underserved. I think right now a lot of it's me building trust. You know, I, I'm fluent in Spanish, so now I'm going into communities. More so to build trust with the coaches. And, and to let them understand coach education is important because a lot of these coaches give a lot of their time, their energy, their heart, but they don't have the basis on how to be a good coach. And it's not just about going out there and you're a good player. It's developing a curriculum, it's having understanding how kids learn, understanding how to teach them and what's going to be best. And I think me going into those communities and saying, Hey, hey listen, let's work together. We want to showcase our kids. We want to showcase you as coaches. How, how do we, how do you advance soccer in our communities? And I think they've been very receptive in those communities, those communities, on me coming in and helping them out. But it's more of an education in terms of coaching education that's going to help them. And now saying, all right, well, my kids can't afford to play in this club. We're, we have a club here we can develop, and now what's the next stage for me? And a lot of those kids, ODP is a good path.
0: Okay, I, I fully agree. I had one player being able to afford to go play ODP, and I've always felt like the main problem 'Cause we're just meeting each other today. Yeah. But the main problem with US soccer is the fact that we don't develop our best players. We develop our players who can afford to be developed. Yeah, and um uh, and, and and so you're you you if, if a kid is poor and he can play ODP then that gives us a chance to develop a really good player as opposed to him going to play AAU basketball, you know, yes. at a young level. And that's
1: something we're doing here. We have a grant called LA Kicks where we're going to these underserved communities and, and finding not only Latino players but African American players players that, you know, uh, uh, you know, Asian players that maybe haven't assimilated as well as some of the kids and, and can understand that there's, there's a pathway out there. But I don't know, a lot of people don't understand there's financial aid available and they're afraid to ask. And, and so, you know, hopefully get on the show that they, they understand that, okay, well, this is what it costs, but I can apply and you know, we, we we have financial aid left over, you know, because we didn't get enough applicants uh, for, for, for this money. So... There's so many opportunities of, of getting that cost down, sometimes almost to nothing, but we're not, we're not taking advantage of it. So it's my job to, to go out there and, and, and serve these underserved communities and make sure there's there's make sure they know that there's there's other pathways out.
0: All right. Great. Well, Mark Goblin, uh you know, he really worked hard after Luis uh, left and um, to try to bring Louisiana up. Uh, now you've been here for a year. How does Louisiana rank with other states, especially in our region?
1: You know, I, I fall on the, on the, you know, coattails of, of two guys did a great job moving the state forward. I think in a lot of ways we're very good. In a lot of ways we're behind things. I think our clubs are extremely organized from top to bottom. I think they, every club I've been to has shown they put the players first. Um, I think we lack in the sense of parent education a lot of times and how to develop kids. And I think we lose patience even even me as a parent of, of soccer players, but with use patience and understanding our kids need to develop, that winning at the youngest age group is not the most important thing. It's how do we develop these kids? I think we're way behind on that uh, on, on that side of it because if, if somebody's not happy because the team didn't win, they just take them to another club, and they don't give those kids time to develop. And when they're 16, they don't develop, and they wonder what happened. And so that that understanding of these coaches and these soccer professionals know what's best for my child and how uh, and, uh, I have to give up a little control of that and understanding that winning is not the most important thing as young and great groups. When they're 15, 16, winning becomes important. When they're 8, 9, 10, it's not at all. So I always took my kids, if I wasn't coaching them, to clubs where they had the same philosophy as I did, and so they would develop that way. But once we can solve that problem a little bit and understand that you got to break down technique for kids, they're going to be all right we're going to catch up to the rest of the states. And we're close because we have very athletic kids, very coachable kids, coaches once want to learn. But we have to continue to build that part of it.
0: I, I agree. Well, Coach, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to be with us. And uh, please utilize us to get your message out, and, and we'll do whatever we can to help promote Louisiana soccer. And we welcome you aboard to our state. I
1: appreciate it. I love it here. Thank you for having me on the show. And I look forward to listening, being a, being a regular listener now. <laughs> God bless you. Thank Bye-bye. You.
2: It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all.
1: Must have guests.
2: Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go, wow, from the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long.
1: The WGNO Sports Zone Wednesdays at ten fifteen.
0: Hello and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Well, at the AGM, uh, I did kind of catch up with a good friend of mine, D. Flynn. Uh, D is he's worn many hats with Louisiana soccer. And I, I mean, right now he's the competitive commissioner, but really and truly he's been through the gambit of the last 20 years of soccer, not just uh, club soccer, but high school soccer too. And he's really tried to promote kids going to play college soccer. And uh, that's one of his uh, stalwarts. And uh, he actually is a um, scout for Ivy league schools. I found out at the AGM, I never knew that. And, um, and he'll do anything. he break his back to, if a kid needs help to get into a college and to play college soccer. So that, that is an amazing uh, trait that he has. He loves the game, but he's also not afraid to call a spade a spade. Okay. Uh, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And um, <laughs> he's nice about it and all, but uh, there was some stuff that happened uh, at the meeting Sunday that, that really had a bad taste to it. And, um, It's hard for me to explain fully, but uh, we had a big controversy when it came to uh, allowing a a, uh, recreation department in Livingston Parish uh, being allowed in without the probationary uh, requirements of two years of playing rec soccer. And uh, they had 700 members to this organization, and they were trying to fill a hole that uh, Livingston Parish Soccer Association uh, left. And... uh, when they folded, I didn't even know they folded until yesterday. So uh, uh, there, there are two clubs. Well, out now there's one club. I think it's called FC Galaxy in Livingston Parish. But a lot, there's a lot of bad blood, it seems to me, between the people of Livingston Parish Soccer Association and this other club. And uh, uh, when they petitioned to be uh, in uh, LSA without probation. Um, it seemed like a no-brainer. Even the director of FC Galaxy said it's the re- it's the right thing for the kids. If they don't want to play with us, basically, uh, they should have a place to play. And he voted for their for their um, uh, acceptance into LSA without probation, uh, something he was denied a couple years earlier. Uh, but the body, uh, the voting members of LSA, did not allow. Um, uh, I think it was called parts. Um, Parish and Recreation Department for Livingston Parish, are, uh, but they, w- they would not allow them to come in uh, without without going to the probationary period. We've all had to serve. And uh, uh, I thought that was kind of rough. Uh, they had 700 members uh, ready to go to add to our numbers, which our numbers basically are, are pretty uh, stable. At least they're not declining, uh, but they're not rising. And uh, the more people who are, pl- who are on board playing soccer and playing soccer at a high level the better so anyway i caught up with d and this is what he had to say about all of it all right we're here with d flynn one of the other legends of louisiana soccer here at the annual general meeting and i welcome you to the show d a pleasure to be here, Alan. Okay, so we've had a lot of uh, uh, of the same similar discussions we've had throughout the AGMs about about upstart clubs coming in and people being angry about them coming in. How do you find the attitude towards in Louisiana soccer is right now compared to how it used to be about 25 years ago?
2: Well, interestingly, we, we do have to worry about the fact that there are upstart clubs. Before, we didn't have quite as many. Some of these people... Not so sure they're serving the best interests of soccer. We're very fortunate in New Orleans to have a, a group of people with uh, Julio Pais and, and Huey's group, uh, more or less. Uh, they've developed the South Shore. And then you have Shane. Over in Mandeville done a wonderful job on the North Shore. And, you know, uh, what most people don't realize is they were all together on the same staff for Mike Jeffries years ago. So uh, actually, uh, Kevin Mooney, I haven't left yet. So a lot of the, uh, the directors of coaching currently in Louisiana got their start uh, in Metairie uh, about 20 years ago.
0: Right. And when the fire wound up uh, unifying uh, from Lafreniere, it was, it, you know, to me, I, I thought I was one of the first clubs to join in. I thought I would stop all of these little fragments in the New Orleans area. But it seems like now that's a, 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 something that's being reborn.
2: It did for 10 years. And, and the groups that are, are re, reborn, being reborn. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you get disgruntled dad football club and, and he'll pull some people away. And that's also, they had that happen on the North Shore as well. You know, I would just hope that uh, people who are interested in the game and having their kids play would take a look at the programs and see which ones are uh, worried about developing their kids as a player. The, the irony for the people who have to win now and the 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds is, if you uh, kind of like uh, the movie with Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come. If you work on the fundamentals and you work on the techniques, the wins are going to take care of themselves. And, and as an aside, I put out years ago when my kids were playing actively, uh, <clears throat> the, the left rear teams that they played on. We may or may not win the state title at 11 and 12. Uh, Lafayette would usually win because they had bigger athletes. But by 13 and 14, our kids have the skills, and they were the foundation for numerous state championships as well as the Jesuit state championships in soccer and the Dominican and Mount Carmel uh, state championships on the curl side. It's because the kids were taught the proper uh, techniques. And at the end of the day, once everyone gets their growth, uh, the athleticism will even out, but the ones who've learned the techniques at 9, 10, 11, 12, they're the ones that are going to be the better players.
0: I it's ridiculous that people are placing any kind of importance on a nine-year-old championship. I mean, it just—it's it, actually going to take the game south if we just continue to tolerate this. I'm—I'm I'm glad that you know we've had clubs that have worried not about winning at the nine-year-old level, but worry about developing. And when you're developing, you're going to lose. So anyhow, I thank you for your uh, impetus in that. We had a controversial vote today with Livingston Parish, yes, and, and uh, what's your take on that? It, it was disturbing to me. Well,
2: I, we have a, we had a group of uh, teams that played for Livingston Parish Soccer Club that folded. And uh, they were looking for a place to go. And uh, the Denham Springs Recreation Department provided them a home. And uh, some of the, the clubs uh, didn't support letting those kids play immediately in the competitive arena. They've been playing in the competitive arena. And uh, I just thought that that was sad. It's a, a little bit... Uh, You know, Ebenezer Scrooge and kind of Bah Humbug. Frankly, I'm disappointed in the group. uh, But obviously, we need to educate them as a whole. And frankly, the Baton Rouge Soccer Club uh, should have welcomed them because realistically, if you're a serious player and you want to play at a a higher level, you're not going to be playing in Denham Springs. You're ultimately going to be playing for Baton Rouge. Likewise, if you're in New Orleans, I would hope that the, the best players would migrate towards the fire. Mandeville. If you're on the North Shore, you migrate toward Mandeville. Uh, I do believe over time, uh, I see a lot more uh, sharing, so to speak. Uh, uh, some of the discussions today, talking about Mandeville's uh, uh, LPDL team was playing the Lafayette one, and the coaches got together afterwards, and we're we're reviewing film and and, and trying to come up with better, you know. Uh, better play for louisiana which that's a, a good thing and you know on, uh, on the positive side we did have four teams do exceptionally well at regionals one of the mandible girls teams was a regional winner which means it's one of the top four teams in the nation and uh, that's good for louisiana and, and good for soccer so i was happy about that
0: yeah, we had Shane on the show last week, uh, wishing him well. It was a, it was a rough tournament, but at the same token, we're really proud of what they did. And really, it looks like Mandeville is, has got their act together, uh, along with the Fire in Baton Rouge. So there are there are some really good things going
2: on. You know? Absolutely, and they, you know the the other thing which I find is kind of funny is I mentioned this this morning at our meeting that uh, uh, two of the players uh, who are currently playing in the MLS. Uh, Patrick Mullins and Andrew Tartable, uh, they are uh, ODP players who were coached by Shane, of all things. So it's, you know, uh, Shane has done a good job at many different levels and has uh, 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 touched many lives in terms of uh, improving people's play.
0: Okay, before we part, uh, since this is kind of like our annual meeting, you have any message to say to all the clubs that are out there and all the people who love soccer, that you would like to see uh, change? It was kind of like a theme about club identity as opposed to team identity. Is there any kind of like a, um, a message you would like to give to these clubs to so that they need to really do improve upon?
2: All I can say is if you focus on, on your own kids, making them better, should in to the benefit of your club, and as a personal side, I want U.S. soccer to get their act together so we're at the World Cup next time. It was painful watching England and Croatia play and knowing that we have players just as good as they do, and, and
0: we weren't there. Amen. T, thanks very much, and, uh, and we look forward to having you on the show in the future. As always, a pleasure, Alan. Take care and go Delisal. <laughs> thanks. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And, of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football. Um, I was able to uh, reconnect uh, with one of my friends, uh, Julio Pias, who's one of the directors of coaching uh, for the Louisiana Fire Juniors, and I think he he's taking over the recreation phase of Louisiana Fire, which is um, which is good. Uh, a long long story. He and I went to. Um, uh, uh, we, we both got our C license together um, with, with uh, U.S. soccer. Um, we had a chance to get our national license. Um, uh, it was the first licensing program in Louisiana uh, where you could get an, your national license. And uh, we all kind of had a bond there. We had some Hall of Fame high school coaches there. And, and uh, we worked very, very, very hard um, under the leadership and direction of Sam Snow. Um, who initiated, um, really the professionalism of Soccer in Louisiana. I miss Sam a lot. Uh, he's now, he's the director of youth soccer, if I'm not mistaken, for U.S. youth soccer. And, um, uh, when he came to Louisiana, he brought a lot of professionalism with him. And, uh, Julio and I kind of uh, got along. We have different visions of the game, uh, but we definitely want the game to be, uh, all it can be. And our biological clocks are ticking now. And, uh, he, and I were talking during the during the breaks, and he's trying to resurrect some stuff that happened that we used to do before Katrina. And one thing we'll say about Julio is that uh, the Louisiana Fire Organization exists because really, uh, I think a lot of his initiative, uh, Soccer Innovations is my club, and he reached out to us many years ago in order to um, unify all the clubs in New Orleans instead of us fragmenting out and uh, and splitting up all of our talent. And I accepted. Uh, we wound up splitting after really um, a, a club like mine, which is designed as a ministry to reach out to people, um, isn't really in the same model of, of the fire organization. And we peacefully parted ways, uh, but not as enemies and not, and we're not antagonistic with each other. Uh, I exist to uh, soccer innovations of America. That is exists to reach out to kids that really cannot go to Louisiana fire to play for, for a various amount of reasons. Um, but there's no reason why we can't work together. Anyway, it's kind of ironic that uh, all the clubs of the new Orleans area or most of them merged and created the Louisiana fire juniors, and now we're getting a host of organizations splintering off. Um, uh, like you heard D say before, dad FC, uh, clubs and, um, which is again, uh, reinventing one of the problems we had before Katrina is that we had all of our talent, uh, spread out throughout, uh, throughout the region and not really centralized into one group. Um, kind of like, Really, I think Mandeville is able to do, and Baton Rouge is able to do, okay? Uh, there, there, are, there are clubs around Mandeville and Baton Rouge, but for the most part, if you want to win a state championship, you usually kind of vacillate towards those two clubs, okay? Um, anyway, uh, now we're in a new phase of soccer, okay? It's kind of like... Uh, um, the old days have now come back, uh, and now we're all fighting again, uh, which which is not good for the game. And uh, Julio wants to bring the game back and bring coaches back together and really wants everybody to play by the rules of, of, of not winning, okay, but creating winners. And there's a difference, y'all. Uh, winning a nine-year-old championship is – Not a big deal, Uh, but it is very important to a lot of people uh, that their nine-year-olds win a state championship. And that's not really what's best for the game and maybe not what's best for your nine-year-old. Your nine-year-old really needs to be experimented with and and developed, okay? Let's say your nine-year-old has the potential to be the best goalie the state of Louisiana has ever had, okay? How are you going to know unless he plays goalie? And if he's never really played goalie before, chances are when he does play goalie, he's gonna make a boatload of mistakes, which might cause your team to lose. Okay, so be it. When the kids get older, when they get to me at high school level, okay, we're gonna know what they can play and can't play. And the developing is still going on, but it's kinda kind of over. Uh, now you're competing uh, at a serious level, looking for state championships and the like. Um, For some of these kids, the last couple of years of competitive soccer. So at the high school level uh, and at the U19 level, I get it, but the nine-year-old level, uh uh-uh, okay. And um, I think that that's, that's a dangerous threat I'm seeing around this region anyway. Uh, where people are really, uh, bloodthirsty and wanting to win and put the kids at the time of their lives right now at nine years old. Your kid might not be the best choice for goalie because he might be short. Okay. Um, uh, but. Uh, he may never or she may never discover that they have goalie talents until they get into the goal. But the coach, in order to win the game, needs to put his players that he has or her players that she has uh, in the in the best position to win the game if they're going to try to win the game. And that might put your kid on the bench. So that's not player development whatsoever. And uh, Julio understands that. Most of the coaching directors understand that. Uh, but... Uh, I do see a, a dangerous trend uh, with people really being bloodthirsty at the wrong time of a child's life. Anyhow, if you disagree with me, please leave comments. Uh, you can leave a comment at our MNFUTBOL. Uh, that's um, Monday Night Football's Twitter page. and You can find us on Facebook at MNFUTBOL. And uh, also, of course, we have a thread on L.A. Prep Soccer. Um, I will definitely respond to any communications that I have, and, and we can have your issue. If you disagree with me, I'd love to have you on the show and interview you. But anyway, here is our segment with Julio, and I hope you all listen to it carefully because i really like to see this take off in Louisiana. Hello, we're here at the annual general meeting for Louisiana Soccer Association. I'm here with one of the uh, legends of New Orleans, Julio Paez, and uh, he's starting an initiative that we had before Hurricane Katrina wanting wanted him to have a chance to voice it on the radio.
3: Thank you. Uh, coach Allen just wanted to let everyone know that we're continuing to be interested in, uh, in, in, in developing soccer in all the different levels. And so, uh, this year we're interested in continuing to grow the recreational, uh, programs as well as age groups. And, uh, it interests us to keep players, uh, playing recreational soccer in the age groups of, uh, 15s through 18s. And, uh, and just just uh, letting everyone know that if, if, if there are players out there, clubs out there that have the same interest to get in touch with us and see if uh, we can uh, we can bring back the, the, the days, the league uh, before Katrina, when when all the clubs have had those age groups going and, and were able to provide soccer uh, uh, at the recreational level.
0: OK, so when we're talking about financial means, uh, what, what does a team have to bring?
3: Uh, at this point, coach, we are, we are not interested in making any money off of this. Uh, this is an initiative that uh, basically is to uh, give players an opportunity to play. So we're interested in, in covering the costs uh, at our club. Uh, We're talking about a twenty five dollar fee to to have a player register and be able to play recreational soccer for a whole season. So uh, interested in making it as inexpensive as possible.
0: Yeah, a lot of the fighting at the meeting today had to deal with competitiveness. And I think what's being lost is the whole idea that we need to get get the kids to play. How do you you think that? um, uh throughout the last 25 years that we've been kicking around really 30 uh uh the numbers of the ability for a player to be able to develop without money uh has increased or decreased in louisiana
3: i i think it's a it's a mixture of, of uh there's a mixture of both coach for sure but uh one of the things that we're interested in doing is continuing to give players the opportunity to play soccer if they if they like to play soccer and uh uh, in order for a player to, to to be able to play soccer we don't feel that they have to they should be uh, uh, they should have to pay uh, uh, lots of money and so uh, it's about creating an environment for players that want to play and if there are players that want to play at, a, at higher levels and more competitive levels we also do provide that product at our club uh, with the Louisiana bar so uh, just interested in creating different levels of play
0: okay so if a team is interested what do they do
3: at this point we're interested in uh, just uh, getting clubs to, uh, they can get in touch with with me at 504-621-4557 uh, and um, and we'll be happy to take their information, and if they want to play for us, and and uh, if it's clubs that want uh, are looking for games, uh, it's important for us to all work together and uh, and see if, if if we can get different clubs in the metropolitan area as well as everyone around us to. Uh, to to come together and and form a league that once again would be inexpensive, a league that uh, is not going to focus on keeping scores or uh, 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 standings. Uh, Just, again, for the good of the game, give players the opportunity to play in a healthy environment.
0: This is an exciting opportunity, and I fully support it. Coach, thanks for your time.
3: Thank you so much, Coach.
0: Okay, and that'll do it for Monday Night Football this week. Um, we are looking forward now to the school year starting, and we can kind of turn our attention in the next few weeks into trying to find out who are the best high school teams uh, potentially uh, in our region. Are the defending state champions? Uh, are they the dominant teams of their divisions? Uh, or do we have some uh, younger teams uh, on the rise? Uh, we'll, we'll start our mode of Monday Night Football uh, looking at the high school previews coming up uh, in the next few weeks. And so I hope that you'll be with us. Again, if you want to uh, advertise with us or you just want to give us a comment, you can reach us at our Monday Night Football uh, Twitter page. That's at MNFUTBOL, our Facebook page, Monday Night Football, or reach out to us at net, And uh, I'll be glad to talk to you. Again, uh, this is the, um, uh, we have this show to give a voice to Louisiana soccer. A lot of people don't want to listen or can't. Take the time to read newsletters or go surfing to find out what's going on, and it's nice to have a have a, a centralized voice for youth soccer. And quite frankly, nowhere else in media is going to give you that. Okay, Crescent City Sports um, will give you that. They pay attention to the youth game, and uh, and I'm very very grateful to them for posting our podcast. And uh, most people listen to the podcast when we were on the radio anyway, and. We have definite proof that now we're reaching a much larger audience than we did before uh, being on the radio. So I'm very grateful of that. So anyhow, I wish the best for you and your families, carpe diem and Christ, and enjoy your first week of school, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Coach Alan DeRitter signing off.